Every week, you hear the phrase, Things are constantly changing. In the Destinations Beyond Expectations intro. This could not be more true for the country of Iceland. See, Iceland is an island country located near the Arctic Circle, and it sits right on the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, where the North American and Eurasian plates drift apart. New land is constantly being created as these plates move, allowing magma to rise up from deep within the Earth. I got to experience a different kind of change when I visited Iceland. You may have heard of the Blue Lagoon, a famous outdoor geothermal spa that people from all over the world visit for a relaxing and healing experience. I visited the Blue Lagoon on a calm night. But less than 24 hours later, I stood in a pretty intense blizzard that had winds like a hurricane. This is Destinations Beyond Expectations, and this is a Destination Rewind to Iceland. In the world of travel, things are constantly changing. There's always something to learn about the places we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations, a podcast designed for students of travel. What's going on? I'm your host, Stevie G, and this is DBE. Traveling helps us understand this great big world, and it can be especially impactful to students. Before Cameron and I throw it back to Iceland, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Kaleidoscope Adventures, who are experts when it comes to arranging student group travel. Teachers, you should definitely check them out. If you're looking to travel with your band, science club, senior class, or anything in between, Kaleidoscope Adventures is the name you need to know. Check them out at www.mykatrip.com or give them a call at 800-774-7337 to find out how they can help your group travel beyond expectations. You and I have taken some really cool trips. You love telling stories. Yeah, just do it all over again for all of our other trips. Yeah, would you be down for it? Yeah, man, no problem. Let's do it. You're listening to a Destination Rewind with Stevie G and Cameron. Hey guys, it's Stevie G and it's Cameron, and we are back to give you another Destination Rewind. Absolutely. But this time, we're out of the country. This is a good one. This is a really good we one. We are no longer in the United States of America. Nor do they speak English as their primary language. Cameron, where are we? The home of the Vikings. Iceland. And it was cold. We went here back in January of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, right before, actually, we went to Omaha. Yeah, yeah. And um, part of Iceland is that it's named very appropriately it is very cold and there's a lot of ice and it snows especially in january yeah yeah very very cold that was a a shock so let's get to the trip day one flashback to monday january 6th 2020 we arrived at the keflavik airport Mm. did you remember everything seemed kind of square in the airport Mm, yeah, yeah squares were a big part of the architecture and uh, it's just good for space. And so one thing that they're trying to do is to save space. They would have the airplanes park kind of away from the airport 
and they would shuttle you out actually to the plane. Which actually, now that we talk about it, makes a lot of sense because you can build a smaller airport and still facilitate a lot of craft. Which is kind of what they did. And mm. another first impression that I got when we arrived in Iceland, it was very clean. The airport was very clean. Oh, yeah. Uh, very boxy, uh, good for space. And everyone was conscious about recycling. Oh, yeah. Really eco, too. The bathrooms, they were all automated to uh, conserve water. So we get to the airport and we check into our hotel, which is just labeled hotel. Do which, you remember what it was called? No, I think it was hotel. You, you can't miss it because it was the hotel by the airport that's labeled hotel in giant letters. Yeah, it's one of the few buildings actually surrounding the airport. Um, everything else is just kind of flat, rocky land. Now, very much like the airport, the hotel that we stayed at called the hotel probably was very simple in uh, its architecture, very boxy, and very uh, conscious as to utilize space the best that the best way possible. Yeah, I think efficiency is a key part of Icelandic culture from my experience, not only in how they build things, um, but also in the way that they talk. Like People to go that above and beyond customer service and be super outgoing and super friendly requires a lot more effort for some people. And I feel like a lot of the people we interacted with in Iceland were pretty to the point, straightforward. Not a lot of please and thank yous, just what do you want? Okay. Not like they were mean. They were just efficient, like you were saying. Yeah. Very efficient peoples. Um, so we grabbed food because we were hungry, of course. You had only eaten maybe three, four meals that yeah, day. Yeah, I was going on my fifth meal, so starving. You were starving. And then we made our way to the very iconic Blue Lagoon. Absolutely. Everybody's favorite Blue Lagoon. It's on all the bucket lists, all the travel channels. So we obviously had to check it out. Um, we got a rental car and we drove out to the Blue Lagoon, which... I had read some mixed articles that kind of said it would be disappointing compared to all the beautiful photos. Um, we went at night, and you pull up to a parking lot. It's kind of tricky to find at first because there were a bunch of signs, and then what looked like a big factory. Well, can I rewind it back a little bit? There's like one major road that comes out of Keflavik. Mm-hmm. So you take that road, and then the Blue Lagoon's kind of like on, on an exit uh, some miles down the way. So it was a little weird to be driving on a road with really nothing around you except for Iceland's landscape, which also, by the way, is really cool because it's uh, essentially like a giant volcano. Mm -hmm. And so it's very rocky, very earthy, a lot of black rock and snow around you. And it's just something um, almost like you're on another planet. Yeah, definitely. And the mountains in the background and whatnot. And the Blue Lagoon is that kind of the foothill of what i would call a mountain um yeah definitely and when we get there it's a big parking lot obviously a lot of cars a lot of buses because that's a huge tourist attraction and that's another thing is that everything in america is really well there's a lot of signage telling you what to do yeah and i had no idea where to go there was nobody to tell me where to go so i walked into actually the luggage drop off because it's also a hotel i believe yeah it's so like a resort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go to the guy, and he's looking for my bags, and I'm like, where do I go? And he asked me for what, so I said, the Blue Lagoon. He said, oh, up that way. Well, he was being efficient. Exactly. And um, so he sent me the, through this uh, little walkway, and I had to walk maybe like, I don't know, quarter of a mile. Yeah. It was, it was a good walk. Well, this is Iceland. We use kilometers. Oh, well. 
I'm not a mathematician. So you walked a good bit, and you walk up to the this building, and you walk in, and they give you a little package of stuff like um, shoes and a bathrobe and whatnot, and then they send you to the locker rooms, which was the first Icelandic culture shock besides the weather for me, and that um, and this might be because there were more tourists there, and this might be more of a Europe thing, and that there was a lot of nudity. And that's something that we as Americans are not accustomed to, I feel like, because that was odd. You know, usually in a locker room, you got a towel on, you got a robe on, you don't walk around from the bathroom to the sink to the shower completely nude, but that was absolutely acceptable. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, that's a cultural difference between, uh, you know, the United States and much of Europe is that they are much more open about like nudity and things like that, where we're much more protective in that way. And we... We, you know, we shy away from it. We don't like let it all hang out, I guess. I yeah. Know. And that wasn't changing on this trip. So I found a uh, room to change into, put on my bathroom, kept my head up high towards the ceiling, found one of the few showers with a curtain, took the shower that you had to take to get in the blue lagoon. Like they had guys in the locker room watching people, make sure everybody bathed. Yeah. So hygiene was important. Yeah. And then you, you walk your way out and you see what's kind of like a, a pool, like a lazy river inside still. And you can kind of get acclimated to the water before you have to go out into the freezing cold weather. And so you open this door in the water and you go outside and there's rocks, there's steam coming off. Obviously, the water felt absolutely incredible and it's filled with nutrients and vitamins and stuff, um, science stuff. So, I mean, this is essentially a giant pool that they pump um, water and minerals from the earth up into the the giant pool that you're in, this sort of... um, Man, I don't know how to describe it. How would you say it? It's a pool, but it's like massive and it has different arms and limbs. Yeah. Imagine like a series of meteors struck a volcano and then created divots that filled with water. And so they had a lot of pumps too, pumping in the water. And how hot was this water? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember, no. But it was warm water. It was like, it's got to be like just shy of 100 degrees fahrenheit yep the lagoon averages somewhere around 100 degrees fahrenheit but there are pockets of warmer and cooler water that you'll find as you're strolling through the soothing waters which is unique because we get in technically inside to get into that lazy river part Mm -hmm. and then we find our way outside through the lazy river where it's very very cold oh yeah it was freezing outside so being in the warm water was nice So my head was almost entirely submerged the entire time we're going around. Uh, Eventually I adapted, but um, a couple of the neat parts about it, they have a couple of kiosks sort of in the lagoon you could swim out to. They had maps of the lagoon. And so you go up, you can get a free face mask with uh, some clay and some some minerals, like you said. To what, open up the pores? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming. I'm not a spa addition, but something like that. Uh, You put it on, and it feels nice, and then you kind of peruse around. You get a free drink. So you go over there, have a bar right there you can buy. And the currency over there is Kronos, which threw us for a loop too because everything's like 2,000, 3,000 Kronos. And we never actually figured out loosely what the value was translated to, but like 25,000 Kronos was like $18, $20. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, Quick correction. The Icelandic currency is the Krona and one US dollar is roughly 150 Krona. So it was easy to feel like a baller because you'd spend like 2000 for lunch, but it was in Krona. So it's really like 13-ish bucks. 
And then it had different sections too, so you kind of explore. So we spent about two and a half hours there underneath the stars, trying to see the northern lights, but it was a little too bright, I think. That was one of our goals on the trip, and uh, should I spoil it? Yeah. We never got to see the northern lights. We did not. Apparently, it's a lot more difficult than it, it, you know, it seems. And um, having cameras and whatnot really help you see it. And it has to be a clear night, cold, and I don't know what else. And uh, like you were saying, we went at night, which I thought was actually really, really cool. Yeah. Um, But I do believe the spa is open during the daytime as well. And a lot of people go during the day, which from what I've heard is beautiful. And you have a great view of like the different mountains and the landscape around. Yeah. And then uh, after a beautiful, relaxing, revitalizing time in the Blue Lagoon, we walked through still a little wet from the lagoon, freezing cold all the way back to the car, got in, turned the heater on and sat there until it got warm and drove back in the night. To the hotel or to hotel excuse me to hotel that's right mm-hmm. and that was it on day one yeah that was that was a wrap day two day two this day is a little more full um we had some time before our flight we were gonna fly out that afternoon um so we had some time to kill so we started off by going to viking world which is in keflavik and that is a museum all about vikings and Viking ships. Viking culture, personally, has always really interested me because the the people, the religion, the everything is fascinating. It's all based on war. Like their heaven for Vikings in Norse mythology was basically a place where you wake up, fight, die, and then live again, have a giant feast and drink, and go back to bed and repeat it every single day. That sounds like a pretty sweet heaven. I totally <laughs> understand why they conquered so many people trying to achieve that goal because you had to die in battle to get to Valhalla. So going to a museum completely focused on the Vikings and how they got to Iceland and how they made it their home was extremely, extremely interesting. They had a full longboat inside of the museum that you can go and stand on and see how it worked, what they used to row, everything like that. And a lot, a lot of history of how the Vikings actually came to Iceland. Yeah, and keeping with the whole theming that we have going on for the culture of Iceland, I thought they used the space of the museum really, really well because it wasn't a huge space. Um, but there was a lot. It was two stories, and there was so much information that you could take in about the Vikings. You know, I was thought it was cool to learn about how aggressive they were in taking over countries and lands. And, yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, and it's right there on the water, too. So you can kind of look out over this bay. Um, and I just sort of pictured longboats coming in, seeing it from across the water, and just what that would experience would be like coming on a new land they didn't have any people and making it your own really interesting one of my favorite things that i learned was those little things that they whittled you know what i'm talking about in the wood oh, like the totem things yeah the totem things yeah. that they would send on ships or something yeah and if you fa- if you picked one up and you were a viking you were in trouble yeah like it was going to kill you come to life or something so you had to make another one to go kill the guy that sent it to you and at the end of the day there's just wood sculptures Yes, back in the day, Vikings would whittle out these creepy-looking figurines, and they believed if they sent it out to sea on a small raft and someone else came upon it, they would be cursed with bad luck. You can find these on display at the Viking World Museum, where they can explain it far better than we can. So after Viking World, we made our way to the biggest city and the capital of Iceland, Reykjavik. And as we're driving... The weather starts changing a little bit. It was a nice morning, and now it's a little darker out, and it's starting to get more windy. 
Um, but we were like, you know what? Let's go to Reykjavik. We wanted to check it out. It's an iconic city. So we drove and we stopped and got lunch at Cafe Loki in downtown Reykjavik. That was one of the cool places I wanted to check out because Reykjavik's a big city, pretty popular, obviously. And Cafe Loki, Loki's the Norse god of trickery and deceit. If anybody's seen Marvel Avengers, that character is based on the Norse mythology. And I've always had an affinity for mythology in general, but Norse mythology, Greek mythology, and Egyptian specifically. So going to a cafe which would be themed after the god of trickery sounded fascinating to me. Now, this was a two-story cafe, and we were walked up to the second story where we sat down and got our food. Yeah, and the food, actually, that was another big part of going to Iceland. I love trying the cuisines of different cultures. So one thing on my list was to try puffin. Unfortunately, I never actually found it, even though I heard it was a delicacy. But the other food in Iceland that you have to try is called the Greenland shark. Which we got with our meal. We did. We got uh, the Braveheart platter as an appetizer. And they use a lot of rye bread and um, a lot of fish. So in Iceland, the land isn't really hospitable for husbandry, for raising animals. Is that what that word's called? Yeah. Oh, that's a good word that you used. Yeah, thanks, man. I actually learned in a video game, so they teach some stuff. And anyway, um, because it's, again, a volcano, so it's a lot of lava rock everywhere. So there's not a lot of grazing uh, land for them. They don't have a lot of native mammals. And so seafood is is huge. Everywhere you go, there's seafood. And I had smoked trout and rye bread because they serve rye with everything. And we had this Greenland shark, which I imagine a big slab of shark, but Actually, it was just a tiny, tiny sliver on a toothpick. And I totally get why they do that now. Um, learning about the Greenland shark, the way that they create the, the food as a delicacy is a huge fer- fermentation process. They take the shark, they hang it up, and let it dry out for weeks until the body starts fermenting. So we tasted it because we're a little daredevils. And well, I would say we're culture. We just, we're students of travel. This is what we do. We indulge in the culture. Yeah, that's a great point. And it, it was a delicacy. We had to try it. So we did. And it's also served with this shot um, of this unique liquor that they make there, which I found to be rather bitter. The shot that Cameron is talking about is called Brennevine, which translates to burning wine. It is an unsweetened schnapps that is very popular in Iceland. And oof, it's got quite a bite to it. Um, it was definitely an interesting taste experience. I will probably never eat it again, but I definitely recommend trying it just to say you've had it. Yeah. Yeah. We can both say that we've had fermented shark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Check off the list. And so while we were eating too, uh, across the street was this super unique looking building. Um, it kind of resembled a castle and we were wondering what it was. Yeah. And this was actually the iconic Halgrimskirka which is a cathedral, a modern cathedral in downtown Reykjavik. And it was massive. This thing was so big. And we could see it from our place when we were eating. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. From right Cafe Loki. Yeah. So after we walked over and took a look inside of it, and it was just massive and gorgeous and really, really unique in how that they designed it, kind of like individual arches making up the building, which I thought was fascinating. And I think it has something to do with wind and snow keeping that off of the building. Also, it was kind of neat. You could take an elevator to the top where the bell tower was and get a whole view of Reykjavik and of the island. But we actually didn't get to do that because while we were inside, the storm picked up. And I mean, like hurricane force winds picked up. 
So when we walked outside, I actually had trouble walking. The winds were so strong. This was crazy. This was certainly like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. And I think I can say the same for you as well. It's like a hurricane, but freezing. Yeah. A lot of wind. Um, we could barely stand, like you were saying. Yeah. And so we check our phones, and the flight that we're supposed to have in a couple hours is now canceled. They're not flying any anybody out of Keflavik. Yeah, the whole airport is shut down because of this massive uh, snowstorm's coming through, and they can't get the airplanes off the ground because the winds are so strong. So we start working on rescheduling a flight, and it looks like we can do one the next day. So that means we have a whole extra day in Iceland. Yeah, which was... Huge win. Major win. So we took the opportunity to uh, drive to Perlin. Perlin? Perlin. Perlin. Like my teeth. So white there. Perlin. Nice. And um, so we saw this planetarium when we were driving in. We wanted to go check it out. Uh, we drove up to the top of another like kind of mountain. I guess not a mountain. The hills. Yeah, the hills. Where the planetarium was. And again, getting out now, the storm had gotten way, way worse. So the wind was really, really blowing. And the snow is coming out. So we go inside and buy our tickets and instantly go into like an IMAX theater and go watch a presentation on the Aurora Borealis or the Northern Lights. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, we got to see it in Iceland, so to speak. Yeah. And I thought this, uh, you know, Perlin was really cool because it showed off Iceland in a way. Um, it showed a lot of, you know, the plant species and animal species in Iceland um, some of the history of Iceland, how they're conscious about recycling and, you know, very green country. Um, it kind of presented Iceland in a way to visitors, like how they want Iceland to be presented. Sure. And it worked as an aquarium as well because they had a bunch of species of fish. Again, fish being so significant to that country. Yep. And there were a bunch of species I didn't know about. Stevie found a new uh, favorite type of fish, I think. Yeah, the stickleback fish. To which he made a video and paired it with a Nickelback song. So that was fantastic. It was pretty entertaining, I would say. And also inside they had an, an ice cave, which you could walk in and all the walls, the entire cave were frozen, like solid ice. They just kept at that temperature for you to walk through and experience. And that was chilling. Oh, good word there. Chilling. Mm, thanks. Yeah, it was very chilling and uh, in a good way. And we learned a lot about glaciers too. They had a little glacier exhibit on the third or fourth floor mm-hmm. um what how many floors was it four five floors? I, I think, think it was five. five i think the top floor was five which we eventually made our way up to and that was uh, a little like bar restaurant slash gift shop too oh yeah gift shop and when we got up to the top we looked out the windows and everything was pitch black outside because the storm was so strong and it was nighttime obviously at that point but also you could feel the building actually shaking from the intensity of the wind yeah and that was crazy because this building was massive yeah it was it was a big building and we were we felt i felt safe inside but you could tell outside it was crazy and actually when we got done with the planetarium we shot another funny video of me trying to give a weather report (laughs) and uh it looks pretty crazy maybe we can share it on the page or something yeah yeah you can't hear anything because the winds are so strong but that was us exiting wonders of iceland this is what that video sounds like Pretty windy. After Perlin, uh, we got a hotel, and that was the Hilton Reykjavik Nordica. So we checked in and just kind of, you know, eased for a second. Relaxed. Yeah, just settled in, relaxed. We had a really nice view out the hotel. 
and the window open to the outside too, which was crazy to feel the wind coming into the room. But we were really hungry at this point, and I love seafood, so I searched for seafood buffets, and we found the restaurant Reykjavik, where we drove to, parked on the street, and had a nice walk through the snow to this restaurant. As we were going in, I remember there's, uh, I think, uh, an English family, and we asked them if it was good, and they said, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So we walked in, and the buffet was massive. It was like six long tables, any kind of seafood you can imagine. They had crab legs. They had this crazy weird like crayfish, but different. And these massive prawns, which I didn't know shrimp and prawns were different, but they are. And really, really a lot of cool, cool types of uh, seafood there. Yeah, I ate way more than I usually do at dinner. And it was good, man. Like the seafood and the desserts, the cakes, the different pastries and cakes that they had were good too. I mean, I might have gone through six, seven plates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so easily. I think my favorite thing was they had a whole salmon, like a massive salmon yeah. with the head on. and you Like a smoked salmon, pieces. not like cooked. Yeah, right. And they had the head on still and you could pick off pieces of it from the carcass, which yeah. is awesome. That was pretty cool. So finished the dinner. Absolutely delicious. Stuffed. Walked back outside and it's the winds really died down and now it's just a pleasant snowfall. Nice little breeze and then some snow. Yeah. So we walked around what's kind of like a, a town square, I would describe it as, with a whole bunch of other restaurants. Yeah, this the restaurant happened to be in a really nice town square, like you're saying, and it's very picturesque, almost like you're in a Hallmark movie, I would say, with the oh, snow falling down. It's yes. a good, good. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Representation. Representation of what it looked like. So that was it for day number two. Day three. All right, so now we are on to day number three, Wednesday, January 8th. So we checked out of our hotel and then we drove around the city to do some sightseeing because it's a very beautiful city. Absolutely. Um, after we did some sightseeing, we started making our way back to Keflavik because we did finalize our flight for this day, for this afternoon. So we had to get back to the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did have a little extra time. So when we got closer to Keflavik, we decided to kind of explore. So we took a couple different roads near Keflavik that didn't go directly to the airport. And one of my highlights of the trip uh, was we got to explore near a town called Grindavik. Yeah, this was neat because it kind of felt off the beaten path, like not a very touristy spot. We went to just a town and saw what their houses were like and drove through. And we found this sort of a beach, but it's all rock and pulled over to the side, which we didn't even know if we were on somebody's property or not, but whatever, whatever. And got out, climbed over some rocks, climbed down, and Stevie started, and it was freezing too. And Stevie started venturing out onto these rocks with the ocean. Yeah, because these rocks, the the rock formations kind of went out into the ocean a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't, there was kind of a beach area sort of, and then you hopped over some rocks and you were out like in the ocean with water kind of around you a little bit. And I was really cold, so I was trying to stay a little closer to the car. But I turned around, next thing I knew, Stevie was out on a rock. And have you ever seen Little Mermaid with the water splashing over her while she's on the rock? Just imagine that as Stevie. Yeah, I look like Ariel. Absolutely, just missing the red hair and the seashells. So we went out there, and I just thought it was a great time for like a photo shoot because he doesn't get a lot of photos of himself for social media, so I had to take photos of him. And it was a really fun time, and just standing on the edge of volcanic rock looking over the freezing cold water of the Atlantic was... Not empowering, but it was surreal. And fun fact, the DBE cover photo 
of me kind of staring off looking stoic and noble or whatever word you want to throw on there <laughs> that was taken there at that location mm-hmm. and at this point too we had ventured a little further than we realized and our flight was coming up soon so we kind of took off back through the mountain pass to get back to Keflavik to the airport but we also had to fill up the rental car with gas because that doesn't change in Iceland and that became an ordeal because stopping at a gas station they don't it's not even close to the same as it is in America I mean everything was in Icelandic so I had no idea where to even put the card I think I put it in the receipt part for a while <laughs> and we had to actually try another gas station cause that one didn't have any attendance or anything. Yeah. So we went down and found another one and I'm sitting there like an idiot for the second time trying to get this stupid gas to pump. And finally this dude that I, I don't know what he does for a living, but he had a nice like utility truck. Yeah. I talked to him for a little bit and we'll try to at least. And he finally just walked over, grabbed my card, put it in the spot and got the gas pumping for me. He's being efficient for you because you weren't being efficient yourself. I guess I was frustrating him exactly. He was like, <laughs> these dang tourists don't even know how to get gas. So thank goodness he solved my problem for me. And then we drove back to the airport and uh, screwed away. Because our flight got changed, we connected in Toronto to do the 2C slide before that was even a thing real quick. And then we made our way home. Yeah, it was a good trip. Really didn't go the way we planned it, but that's what an adventure is. So... I love Iceland and I would definitely go back. Um, One thing that I really want to do that we didn't have the time really to do is drive around the island Uh, because it is an island. I don't know if we ever mentioned that or if that was just public knowledge. It's an island and they have a really cool road that you can take around the island and kind of check out all the different sites and things because, you know, near Keflavik and Reykjavik, that's where a majority of the population lives. But Iceland's very wild and very untamed, and there's a lot to see uh, from a nature perspective. I do want to give a big shout out to uh, Iceland Air. Iceland Air was great. I don't. I hear people bagging on it a lot for transportation to Europe, but I really enjoyed it. And the thing too is they connect through Keflavik. Like everything goes through Keflavik, but on the other side, like that's the middle. Keflavik is your point. Then they have a lot of different locations in North America and a lot of locations in Europe as well. So if you're looking to, you know, even if you're going from say, you know, New York city to Germany, you can look into like an Iceland air flight and maybe spend a day or two in Iceland. I think it's a good stopover uh, country to spend a few days in. That's perfect for what it's for. I think it's perfect to stop for a day. Go check out Blue Lagoon at least, because that's definitely on your bucket list. Yeah. And then continue with your flight to other European countries. So Cameron, what was your favorite part of Iceland? That's a really good question, because I think most people would say the Blue Lagoon, one of the classic, you know, tourist Iceland spots, or maybe seen the massive church. But mine is unusual in that it was just the driving, because driving along an island made of volcanic rock, it's almost... A meditation so to speak like your mind just kind of wanders and thinks and I thought about what it would be like to discover this this floating rock essentially and calling it my new home as a viking and that just kept running through my mind just the mystery of it I mean I just really liked uh kind of like what you're saying the different landscape because it was almost like a different planet being on there it was almost like mars like or you know just out of this world yeah i think next time i would love to take the driver on the island like you said but specifically stopping at the waterfalls because iceland has about 
I think six to 10 main waterfalls that are just absolutely stunning that you can, some of them you can climb in behind and watch the waterfall over you. Some of them are massive. Some of them are really strong. So that would be a really cool experience seeing that water run down. Yeah, definitely. And it looked like there was private tours that you could take small groups, you know what I mean? And they would uh, kind of walk you through the waterfalls mm-hmm. and the different uh, parks and the nature that is out there in Iceland. Yeah. I got a question. Do you have a favorite Viking? Favorite Viking? Yeah, like Eric the Red or... I mean, it's got to be Leif Erikson, Eric, Eric the Red's son. Yeah. Just because of his explorations around Greenland. So, you... I mean, just like a fun fact that stuff that interests me is is like last names. If you hear anybody's last name that ends with the son, it typically comes from a Scandinavian country because, or ancestry, I should say. Because they would name their their sons, their last names would become their father's first name and then son at the end. So like Bjornsson, Eriksson, Ragnarsson. So those last names pretty much are coming from Scandinavian ancestors and Vikings, which is really cool. All right, man. Thank you again so much for coming on this week's podcast. Uh, I look forward to having you back next week where we do our second to last Destination Rewind to a totally different country yeah the country of my ancestors and actually a a lot of americans ancestors so i look forward to that and uh be good till then brother take care thanks thank you guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all the students of travel joining me every friday when we drop new episodes be sure to give us a like on facebook hit subscribe on spotify stitcher Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Next week, Cameron and I will be back to highlight another country overseas, a country that many of you can trace your family history back to. Talk to you soon.